Welcome to The Context Machine, episode 604. I'm your co-host, Mildred Agnew. And I'm Mildred's cousin, Spiro. <laughs> it's Stout Month, everyone. Go have a drink, responsibly. <laughs> no, really, it is Stout Month. It's February. Okay, all right, that's good. That's good. It's Black History Month, too. Yes. It's awesome. Uh, please, let's see. No, you're Jeff Gamut, right? Uh, Context and you're Machine. Brian Chaffin. And I'm Brian Chaffin. Contextmachine.io. That's our site. Yep. And you can Why find us on- Why did you even bother writing uh, an intro <laughs> script today? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. And uh, we're on Post and Mastodon at Context Machine. Yes, we are. <laughs> Yes, we are. Let's see here. Um, we got another hate review, which is nice. Uh, go leave us reviews. Yep, thanks for listening. Yep. That, thanks for listening. And if you love us, if you hate us, leave a review because it's going to help somebody, whether or not you like us or you don't. So, uh, uh, yeah, definitely go leave us a review. Apple Podcasts, uh, any podcasting. Are we on Spotify? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, Spotify, they they have access to all the podcasts, too, because uh, that's how podcasts work. And it is, so. yeah, because Backbeat's helping us uh, distribute this. Yeah. There's some swell people at Backbeat. Yeah. Oh, look at that context machine. Nope. That is apparently, there's a song called The Context Machine. Someone wrote a song about us? I don't think it's about us. By a fellow named Jack, Jake Pavey. Um... Context Machine Podcast, Spotify. Yep, there we are. No, Apple Podcast. Apple, that's contextmachine.io. This is riveting content. Yeah, I know. Here. I don't think we're on Spotify, man. Oh. We should probably uh, uh, check oh, in. Screw that. those guys. <laughs> we should check into that. Uh, radio. So this week, Jeff. Brian. You got, if I understand correctly, and I wasn't paying attention when you were telling me about this before, so I may have all <laughs> of the details wrong, but I believe you got a new MacBook Pro and then had some adventures setting it up. Uh, I did. Okay, yes. I'm going to mute and do some other things, so why don't you tell us all about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so um uh i'm sure everyone remembers the episode just a few weeks ago where brian and i talked about uh about my dilemma of needing yeah i think it was two shows ago. one to needing okay i guess it wasn't that long ago it's time flies anymore you know get off my lawn it might have been last week's show um, but whatever, it's, it was recent. Yeah, it was pretty recent. No, I no. There, there was at least one show in between because I remember talking about uh, how people were yelling at their podcast player apps. Oh, right, uh, saying right. Which, which oh, computer I should might, buy? Then maybe that was two weeks ago. Yeah, Regardless, so ago. we did a show. We talked about it. You ended up getting it. You ended up choosing I the MacBook Pro, but you had some curious adventures setting it up, and that, that was the interesting part. Uh, yes. All right. So before I get into the interesting part, because I'm sure everyone wants to know, did I listen to what you were saying? MacBook Air 
uh, versus MacBook Pro, I, I ended up getting the 14-inch M2 Pro 12-core uh, uh, MacBook Pro. Um, Good call. With uh, six, yeah, 16 gigs of RAM and a one terabyte SSD. And, uh, that's, and you ordered this and have it, had it couriered to your house? Um, no, I uh, ordered it for in-store pickup. And uh, okay, so I, I I did know that, but um, th- my question to you is, how many of your choices were ended up? I, I I know that you you told us that you were going to base your eventual buying decision on what you could actually walk out of the store with. I could have walked out with any of the computers that I wanted. Excellent. So the Everything Air, the Pro, as much memory. As much storage, uh, whichever processor configuration you had chosen. Yeah, if I, if I wanted, um, if I wanted more than sixteen gigs of RAM, then I needed to go with the MacBook Air. They had the twenty-four gig in uh, in store. Um, so anyhow, so ended up with that with a fourteen-inch, sixteen gigs of RAM, one terabyte SSD, and uh, the twelve-core M2 Pro. Excellent! Congratulations. Thank you. Is is does it feel incredibly fast compared to what you had? Um, you know the yes, but for most things, everything was fast enough before that you just can't tell. Well, well, uh, well like like when I'm typing, how 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 is am I going to be able to tell the computer's faster? But uh, things like the computer booting. Um, uh, window redraws the big place where where I've seen the the speed improvement um, where where it's like super obvious is uh, uh, with Zoom. So uh, um, I think everyone knows that that on Thursdays I host the uh, the big show and Fridays I host the Mac show. Wait, you have so a, live video streams. You have another show other than this one, Brian. I feel so I dirty. You, I thought you knew we were in a poly podcast relationship. <laughs> I, I did. I did. <laughs> you, you, so, should mention anyhow, that, you should mention that more often here. You should, do, do you mention us on those shows? I don't listen. I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, 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 t- I talk about how I do the context machine with that Brian Chaffin. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, you should. I would like for you to uh, give a cross shout out here more often. Okay. Well, Thursdays you can watch me live posting the uh, the big show on the British Tech Network. Excellent. And then on and then on Fridays you can watch me hosting live the Mac show on the British Tech Network. So the the way the way it works is um, uh, I'm doing all that in Zoom and and I'm recording the the Zoom call. So when everything's done, you have to wait for the Zoom file to finish processing and then you have your recording. Mm-hmm. And on my on my uh, 16-inch Intel MacBook Pro to render an hour of video, it you know it would take like like um, I don't know it, it it was relatively speaking pretty fast. It was like five minutes maybe tops. Okay, um, and so I wasn't expecting to see that much of a of a performance improvement for the rendering. Uh, no, it's less than a minute wow. to render that hour of video. 
That is substantially it's, faster. I, I have yeah. long, long ago, many, many new machines ago, I realized that if you really want to notice how, how much faster your new machine is, go back to the old one for, for a few minutes. That's when that's when the speed differences like like when you when you first make the switch over, it might feel a little bit faster, but it just so quickly becomes the new normal that you don't think about it. But if you do, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to if you want to really like, oh, my God, it really is tons faster. Go back to the old machine. Which, you know, isn't always possible. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. 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 When it's possible, it's it is actually really, really interesting to see how the things that felt normal and were totally acceptable to you on the old machine. Suddenly it's like, this is awful. I want to I want to burn the machine. It's too slow. Yeah. 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 So, Brian, you, you said that uh, I did have a few troubles with yes. uh, with my migration to my yes. new machine. What, yeah. So what happened? All right. So, well, the, the first part of the migration turns out where I had the problem. It wasn't Apple's fault. Um, so what I decided to do so that uh, I could like maximize how I was using my time, I decided to use my time machine backup and migrate my data over to the new machine from that. And then I could just be working on other things while this computer is dedicated to doing its one thing. And the process of getting my computer to boot with my time machine drive, I mean, it was like five minutes just to get the, the machine to boot up with the, with the drive attached so that I could select time machine, then choose my data, and then start the process. And I just let it run overnight. It was like insanely slow. Well, it turns out my time machine was ready to die completely. Oh. And... Uh, Bless that little soldier's heart. It uh, it lasted long enough for me to uh, to migrate the data out of that drive and onto the new computer. And uh, my replacement time machine drive will show up tomorrow as we record. Cool. Um, what well, did yeah. you did you are, are you backing up? Now? I didn't lose any data. It's it was just stupid slow. Are you backing I mean, up now? Um. I am okay. So, so I have this multi-level backup process. Um, Time machine is my just throughout the day stuff is happening. So if I need to jump back to a file real quick, um, or I delete the wrong thing, it's just right there. Just grab it out of time machine, and I'm fine. Then I have a nightly backup that goes to my Synology. And uh, then I'm also using Backblaze. So I have my continuous Backblaze backup happening offsite. And then I use Carbon Copy Cloner so that every Sunday night I am imaging my, uh, my drive to, uh, to another drive. Because I'm kind of freaked out about the potential of losing some, some important piece of data. Sure. Um, so, but this is where one of my first problems came in. And... Uh, uh, and it's that I'm having a problem with SuperDuper, which is what I use from the nightly backup to my Synology. And it is, uh, my Mac is giving me an error saying that SuperDuper appears to be damaged and needs to be thrown out. Mm. So, so, my night, so my nightly backup is not happening right now. My time machine backup isn't happening oh until my God. tomorrow. So I'm kind of freaking out. But, but Backblaze... Oh my 
God, I love Backblaze. So what I did once I once I had my new computer up and running, um, I installed Backblaze and said I want to inherit the backup I already have because I'm tra- I'm just moving to a new computer. I don't need to start over with a brand new backup. And it was like fine. And so I have my backup running, and I can I, I have Backblaze doing its thing all the time every day. So I'm fine there. And then, uh, and then, um, for Sunday evening, Carbon Copy Cloner will fire up, and it will do its weekly backup. Um, so the problem that I'm having with Super Duper, this is a known issue, and there are uh, uh, workarounds to fix it. And so when once I get that sorted out, then my Super Duper backup will start happening again. Um, the the other problem that I had, and, and keep in mind, I moved just data because I went from an Intel Mac to a to a, an M2 Apple Silicon Mac. Okay. Moving over all my applications probably would have been fine, but I didn't want to risk having any weird problems, so I chose to to reinstall the applications that I use so that I would be certain I was getting the version of the app that would run on a on an Apple Silicon chip as opposed to the one that would require Rosetta to run on an Intel chip. Oh my god, I would like net <laughs> I would never bother with that. I'm going to like I'm going to like wait wait until I try to I need the app and then open it and then freak out because because I have to like update it or something. I can't believe you proactively did all that. I I'm weird like that. Um so yeah, so anyhow, because I did that, I think that that um well, it added a little bit of extra work on my part because I had to go and make sure that I was installing all these apps and and stuff. It it all went really smoothly. And that's uh, good. Uh, where I did run into a problem that I just simply can't work around. And I'm very disappointed about this. I've been using a, a Wacom Intuos for tablet. Yeah. As my, my graphics tablet. And now granted, this is old. It's this, comp- this tablet has been around for years, but it's a solid workhorse and, uh, and it works beautifully. I can't use it with my new computer because the version of the driver that Wacom makes that supports this tablet, it doesn't work on my computer. And it's an, it's an older one, right? Yeah, it's, it's an older one. So the, the version of the driver that, uh, that properly supports the, the Apple Silicon computers does not support my tablet. Now, I did try installing the older version of the driver, and it would install. It still wouldn't talk to my tablet, and it completely screwed up all my input devices. So mm. I had to. So I, I I uninstalled that version. Sure, quickly. sure. Um, so my my Wacom tablet does not work. So I I currently don't have a graphics tablet. Um, the workaround for that, which was some people don't even see as a workaround, it's just like the new solution is uh using my iPad Pro yeah. with Apple Pencil. Yeah. And uh, and that works. I mean there, there there are certain things about having a dedicated graphics tablet that are really nice. Of course. And so I may at some point replace my Wacom tablet with uh, with another dedicated okay. graphics right. tablet. I got an idea. Mhm. Spare with me. 
Because mm-hmm. I think I think it might work. What if you launched an OnlyFans page so that you could get a new Wacom tablet? I'm already coming up with catchphrases that will draw people in, (laughs) and we will have to change the rating on our show (laughs) for me to start telling you what some of these ideas are. Well, you know, we could just, I could, I could just beep them all out. Please don't. I gave myself a lot of work last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I love, I love this idea. And yeah, uh, it's a great idea. You should love it. Yeah. Yeah, people, how, how much would you be willing to pay to see me do and show things? Whatever. Only fans? Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make so many pennies. <laughs> All right. So are you going to get a new Wacom tablet? Are you going to keep using your iPad? I'll use my iPad for now. Um, I Is this a cost issue or is this a like something that you sort of had – in the back of your mind for a long time. I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners have a graphics tablet. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know how relevant that is for a lot of people, but, but I think understanding your thought process here would, would be helpful. Oh, sure. Okay. So the reason I, I didn't like immediately buy a new tablet was because I, I want to really think about how I'm using the tablet and what would be the best for me to to get if I choose to get one. Um, should I get another product in the Intuos line, which, you know, it's just a tablet. And when I say just a tablet, I mean, it's not a display. Do I need something from the Cintiq line, which is uh, a tablet with a display built in? Um, and, and then there's different sizes and all these different options. What's best for me? And if it turns out the answer is that using my iPad Pro with my Apple Pencil 2 is the best option, okay, then I'm set. Uh, but I want to do some more research and, and like really think about what's the right thing. And How many know, iPads I get do you into, have? I have my 12.9-inch. Uh, which is the one that uses Apple Pencil 2. I have my my old 10-inch iPad Pro, which, um, oh, here's a frustration point for me. Uh, it, the battery's so shot in that, but it's not shot enough that Apple will replace it for me. So uh, I have to wait for my 10-inch to, uh, to have the battery get uh, careful. even worse. Don't give, me, don't give me any beeps. I... I almost I almost gave you in that a point. <laughs> Anyhow, so so I have two two iPad Pros. I have the, the nice yeah. So why not why not use one of those percentage. and make that your dedicated since you own it? I mean, you know, sorry, Wacom, I'm not trying to take away a sale from you here. Well, it's I mean, it's it's an option. Um, it and uh, it wouldn't be a dedicated thing because I can do so many things with an iPad. So why would I just dedicate it to being only a graphics tablet? Because you have two in the first place. You don't, do you actively use them both? Well, I did until the battery completely took a dirt nap in, uh, in well, the 10 inch model. There you go. So why not like stick, stick one of those paper surface things on it? And I have, it- I have one of those on, uh, on my 12.9 inch. Uh, would you use that one Seriously? for your tablet or your 10 inch? Uh, the, 
Honestly, if I was going to use either of them as a, as a primary graphics tablet, it would be the 12.9 inch because it's a bigger display and uses Apple Pencil too. Um, but then I'd still use it for other things because it's my 12.9 inch iPad. Got it. Right. Yeah. So my my big problems have been these are good problems I, to have. A lot of a lot of folks don't have these problems. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, but but two um so a graphics tablet, you're using a graphics tablet. And I'm assuming when you would use your Wacom tablet that you would be stylusing on the tablet mm-hmm. while looking at your display. Right. And see, this is why I have to think about do I do I want a dedicated tablet? That's like my Intuos, where I'm drawing on the tablet, but looking at my computer display. Do I want something that's like the iPad Pro or a Cintiq tablet, where the display is built into the into the uh, drawing surface? Or again, your your iPad, because I mean, there's what you're used to, which has utility value that's going to be individual to every person. Right, like, how much do you want to change what you do? Like, you know, if you like, if you like not looking at the tablet while you're drawing, and that's that's your workflow, and you know, that's what you're used to, and that's what you want to do. I, I get it, but isn't being able to to stylus directly onto the surface that you're manipulating isn't that not better? Isn't that not better? Isn't that better? That <laughs> there is a lot of value in being able to do that. Here's the thing. The stylus that that I used with my Intuos 4 tablet, even though it's years and years old, I have more control over what I do with that stylus than I have with the Apple Pencil 2 stylus. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's saying a lot because the Apple Pencil 2 stylus, you have so much control. I mean, it's a yeah. it is a really good stylus. I mean, um, w- what Wacom was doing was incredible and incredibly important when they were doing it. And I, I feel like at this point, they're under a lot of competitive pressure from iPads as iPads. You haven't taken a look at what that is correct. Doing I am definitely tablets. speaking out of my uh, the ether. But I mean, what you're saying there, there's some validity to it because there's so much that you can do with an iPad as a as a graphics tablet replacement. Um, and yet, if you look at what you can do with a Cintiq tablet, mm-hmm. th- these are tablets that are designed specifically for their function, which mm-hmm. is to be a very high end professional graphics tablet tool and there there are for the people that need the features some definite benefits to using a product like that now that said how many thousands of dollars do you want to spend on a graphics tablet well if you're if you're a lot more on a cintiq than an ipad pro if you want if you're and if you're a graphics pro that that you know that's how you're making your living it's it's probably not even a, a calculation you need to bother to make Right. If you so, need it, you need it. I guess is my point. Right, right. If you need it, yep. 
So, you know, I, I'm doing some research and I'm thinking about how I'm really you or have been using my, my Wacom tablet that I can't use anymore and uh, deciding what is the best path for me. And it may very well be that the best path is just my iPad pro. And if that's the case, great. I already have what I need right here. Right. Yeah. So I'll get that sorted out. I will, um, uh, get the uh, the workaround, fix whatever it is for super duper taken care of. And then I'm basically set. Everything else that I need is, uh, is, is working as it should. The whole process has been incredibly smooth. And, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you were, you gave me two days of reports of problems and hassle. Oh, wait, D- am I, am I already, uh, um, yes. Going through the process of, of uh, trying to cope with what I experienced. Yes, you are. You, I mean, it? you seriously gave me, I mean, you were not a complainer. Listen, folks, I know how to whine. If you haven't <laughs> picked up on that all by yourselves, Jeff is not a complainer. He will tell a story if he's asked to, but he's not a complainer. He gave me, two days of uh, mostly uh, iMessage reports of of surprise problems that he was having with this transition process. Oh, yeah, here we go. And I quote, OMG, setting up this new Mac has been a grueling process, which <laughs> should have been maybe 90 minutes of installing apps and verifying settings and permissions has turned into a five-hour ordeal and I'm still not done. Or, um, Or as you said it a few seconds ago, Pain-free. <laughs> it was not pain-free. You're absolutely right. This was not a pain-free process. Once the dust settled, I'm like, wow, everything's working. Well, pretty much. I have a couple things to fix. Uh, but yes, as I'm reading what I wrote to you uh, the other day, yes, it's all coming back to me. The things that my mind was blocking as a way to cope with the trauma. Thank you for opening that wound. You're welcome. Um, I am here for you. Yeah. Um, a lot of the problems that I was having, uh, in retrospect, probably would have, uh, uh, been less of an issue if I had unplugged the dying time machine drive, it, it, it was causing me a lot of problems. Mm. Um, so the, uh, the, uh, verifying settings and permissions. Yeah, that's. That is actually a really frustrating process, and it's amazing how quickly I went from "this is horrible" to "wow, that's done," and that that wasn't bad. No, it actually is. Bad. Well, time, yeah, time so does every that single too. app. I mean, we, we're I hard to give. Hmm? We're hardwired to to forget the pain, and that's true. And sort of gloss over it. I mean, that's that's kind of the human ex- existence. Yeah, yeah. That is. Okay, so here's the thing. It's like every single app needed to have some permission in accessibility or in privacy and security uh, set so that I could actually use whatever the stupid app was. And that was very frustrating that, that I don't want to say literally everything that I was doing. I had to stop, fix permissions in multiple places. And then relaunch the app and try again to see if I got everything. But it really felt that way. Yeah, that you, that actually you, was a crappy thing. Do you feel like your experience was uh, possibly I mean, like, like representative 
for other people? I mean, how, how much of what you went through do you think uh, is going to apply to other people? Uh, except for my failing hard drive uh, for Time Machine, all of it, because it's just how Mac OS works now. You have Apple has done so much to lock it down. And and I get they're trying to to make the operating system as secure as possible, but uh, it it was a real problem. Install an app and launch it. Okay, now you're off to settings so that you can give it access to uh, to uh, whatever folders you need access to or whatever it is. It was just like every single app. There were more things that you, that you had to set and reset and. Uh, that that did get annoying. Sure. Yeah. Do you regret um, doing it? Yeah. Like, do you regret no. getting a new machine and you know making this change? I don't regret that. No. At today, I do not regret having the machine. Um. At, n- now that I've quoted what I uh, wrote to you, yeah, uh, earlier, and it's all come come flooding back, and I just want to cry for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um. As I was going through through what I was doing, I kept thinking, why did I buy a new computer? I could have kept using the Intel Mac. <laughs> it would have been okay. Uh, that's that's funny, man. Yeah. I'm sorry for this. So funny. I know. I mean, thank you for your thank you for entertaining me <laughs> with your. I'm pain. glad I can entertain you. Yes. Um. Um. Okay. So. Anyhow, um, I I also told you about the problem with Wacom tablet, and then before I realized my time machine drive was actually toast, uh, and I will quote again, bonus, I'm pretty sure I need to reformat my time machine drive too. And then you reply, yikes, that sounds like a pile of not fun. And uh, I was and just I being replied, polite, though. Thank you. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patronizing me sometimes, I'm fine with that. Um, So then I replied, yep, but the stuff that wasn't a problem went crazy smooth. Even switching my backblaze back up to my my new Mac was super easy. Hmm. Okay. So so the things that that worked well, it it really was like so simple that – uh, that I was worried that I had missed something and it was going to bite me later on. You know, I, I remember back in the day, and I'm I'm going back to mm, late '90s, early 2000s, just being able to like pop the hard drive out of your old Mac and stick that hard drive into your new Mac, and you're good to go. Do you remember those I do days? Remember those days? Oh yeah. I mean, like I kind of don't, you know, like. I mean, there were a lot of other problems that went along with that particular quote-unquote convenience, but um, yeah. I do remember those days, yeah. Yeah, I, re- I remember I, uh, buying a new PowerBook to replace my old PowerBook. And we would do the thing where we'd buy the the lowest spec model we could, uh, as long as it had a fast enough processor, because we were going to throw in cheaper RAM than what Apple. Yeah, would you get the RAM, hard drive, and, put and everything for everybody else. Way cheaper, right? So, 
Yeah. So I'd buy the computer. I'd have the RAM show up the same day, pop in my new yep. RAM, take the drive that was much bigger than the one in my new computer yep. out of my, my old laptop, put it in the new laptop, turn it on and go to work. Yeah. Good times. Good times, man. Good times. Good. Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, uh, congratulations on the new machine. Thank you for sharing your experience. Do you have any tips for other people who maybe go like, cause I mean, part of the, I would assume part of the issue was going from, uh, an Intel Mac to uh, Apple Silicon, Silicon, even mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. different show altogether. <laughs> different show altogether. Uh, but Hey, check me out on my only fans. <laughs> You know, if you had an OnlyFans, I would go subscribe just to make you uncomfortable. It shows support. <laughs> I appreciate but, that. But, you know, knowing knowing that I was that I was uh, uh, at least possibly consuming the content that you were putting out, that would that would be very worth it to me. <laughs> I would make a video, and, and I and in it, I would say, "I call this doing the Brian." <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So, um, do you have any advice for anybody? Um, yes. My, my advice is um, if you're going from Intel to Apple Silicon, do it the way I did, even though I bitched about all the settings and stuff. Um, move, your, move your data and settings over and then install the latest version of whatever apps you need so you can be certain you're getting the version that will run natively on Apple Silicon. Hmm. Um, my advice is similar. It's to, you know, whatever, don't worry about it. It'll probably be just fine. <laughs> now, <laughs> now you should maybe value one of those sets of advice more than the other. I will leave that up to you to decide because that's how I roll. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other advice is even though it seems like the whole process should go fast, plan extra time yeah. because you're going to run into something that doesn't go the way you expect. Or and in my case, it was applications that, that I know are Apple Silicon native that, uh, that had have some weird thing that I had to do a little bit of research to figure out how to fix. Or, or, or don't worry about it. It'll probably work out just fine. Again, you can choose which advice you think has the most value and, um, and, uh, you know, and yeah, we'll leave that to you. Yeah. And, and I have a feeling we'll we'll see if I, if I confirm this like six months from now Mm -hmm. that all the ports on the right side of my computer, as you look at it, I'll probably never touch. Okay. Uh, that, uh, well, actually I think there's a USB-C port over there. Okay. So I might touch that, that Thunderbolt USB-C port at some point, but that's where the SD card slot is. That's where the HDMI port Mm. lives that everything else is on the left side. And, um, and I expect that I just probably won't be touching the right side ports. Um, I'm bummed that they moved the headphone jack to the left side because, uh, it for my setup, it's on the wrong side now. Don't you have so, a, an audio interface? No. Well, I have uh, I have uh, uh, a really nice DAC, 
Is that what you're thinking of? I have the the ship mode E3 plus. I've, I I just assumed you had an audio interface somewhere because you could no. use that. You could use the auto jack on that. I could, but uh, no, I don't. Huh. All right. Yeah. Whatever. A podcaster. It's a USB mic, so mm. it's just plugged right in. All right. Well, uh, next, Jeff, we're going to continue to borrow on your adventures for this week's show. And I believe that you helped um, our friend John Keat with some printer Spend advice. Spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money, yeah. And, and here, you, were, you were telling me about this. Um, he was looking for a laser printer. And he was mm-hmm. looking for a laser printer that vastly exceeds anything he might need. But that's, you know, more power to you, John. Um, but the, here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like back in the day, back in the, certainly in the early days of, of the Mac Observer, you know, we're going back 20, 20 years plus or minus ago. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of attention spent on, you know, like new emerging uh, printer technologies. Uh, the, you know, who, who, who was doing what, who was doing the resolution, who was doing the speed, uh, especially this was back in the inkjet days uh, where, because laser printers were still largely either, you know, color laser printers in particular were pretty much a luxury item, you know, a corporate item. Today, it could just be that I don't pay much attention to it, but I, I don't feel like there's as much information available for what is coming out in the world of, in particular, laser printers and what we actually need as users. And, you know, turns out you know something about this, and I thought you could share. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that I was able to show up so you didn't have to prepare anything. Yeah, well... Must be Saturday for, for our Wednesday. <laughs> it must be recording. Day. Must be 45 minutes into our 30 minute show on a Saturday for our Wednesday show. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. So um, your perspective is totally reasonable. And that's because the whole printer market, I think now, is much more commoditized than it was back when you and I were following what was going on with uh, with printer technology, because there were so many things that were happening, and uh, and and all of these companies were rushing to uh, to try and get ahead of their competition. And well, can, can I now, add some color to that? Sure. I mean, the, color printers. So color, yeah. The one of the th- exciting things 20 years ago was being able to print out your own photographs. Oh my God. That's so, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And now it's not common to print photographs at all ever. And well, most photo consumption I, I want you to, I is want you being to look at that wall in your house. Uh, that's true, but I never would have, I never would have hung Okay, I, so he's talking about the fact that I've got two different walls full of glass prints, one of photographs, one of some uh, NFT art. But I never would have, I never would have posted on my wall. I never would have hung or framed on my wall a print of a photograph from a inkjet printer back in the day. 
So that's, All right, that's, that's a fair statement. Doesn't I mean that I, I, apples and oranges? I think like the vast majority of photo consumption today is being done on screens, it's being done on our mobile phones, it's being done on our on our iPads, and um, the vast majority of documents that are handled, even increasingly, even documents that get signed, are being signed on our devices and transmitted over the internet. So we don't. There, there are fewer things that need to be printed, and I don't think I'm just projecting there. I know that there are some people that do need to still print things. I know there are some offices that need to print things for sure, but mm-hmm. the overall demand for printers has decreased, and along with it, hype in the market. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Go ahead. All right, and and that's a fair statement. Um uh, I, I think a lot of what's happened in the in the printer market, uh, like over the last twenty years, is that um, um, the whole thing about looking at the numbers became a thing where you're just looking at the same numbers over and over. And uh, and when a printer company is telling you about their their new twelve hundred DPI printer that does uh, twenty two pages a minute or you know whatever it is, it's like. These are all the same numbers I'm seeing everywhere else. Yeah. So why should I even care? And uh, printers, I think, like especially in the inkjet space, they become so commoditized. I mean, you can go into an office supply store and pick up uh, a color inkjet printer for 50 bucks. Yeah. And take it home and plug it in. And they're practically disposable items. Yeah, um, and and you like, can you can you can pick up like an ink an ink thing for a couple hundred bucks, but that's another issue. Yeah, I mean, I I do know people that when the ink in their inkjet printer runs out, they take they, they just buy a new inkjet printer because it's cheaper for whatever their needs are, which is absolutely crazy. But that shows you how commoditized that's these these products such have become. A waste. It's a horrible waste, but uh, at the same time, for some people, you know, if if the money matters, y- you look at what you can do more affordably. Of course. And if it's, I can buy a new printer versus I can buy a new ink for this printer, you could buy a new printer. Um, so, yeah. So, anyhow, what John wanted was to uh, to look at some of these uh, these laser printers colored laser printers and pick the one that was going to to work best for his needs. And so we started talking about resolution. Why wasn't and, he concerned about my needs? Uh, well, I just assumed that's he so was acting selfish. as a proxy for you. That's so selfish and for him not really to be considering what I need. All right, anyway, go ahead. So whatever, he needs something, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. Yeah, so so basically, Brian, what it, what it comes down to is you, you, Brian, are going to be buying a $10,000 printer. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. All right, now I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, one of the questions that John asked me was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, would you rather have a printer that does 1200 DPI by 2400 DPI um, um, and gives you okay color or or good color or one that does 600 DPI and gives you really great color. I really have the great color. Same. Yeah. And because I don't, I don't think we're even going to notice the difference in the, in the, the 600 versus the 1200. 
Okay. And that's actually a really interesting thing for you to say, because you didn't realize you were setting me up for one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Well, I kind of thought which, I might be, but that is my honest opinion. And so, yeah, so here's the deal. Uh, for me, the color, as long as the resolution is at a, a, a good quality level, the color is going to matter more to me because, uh, y- you know, you're, you're looking at things like, um, like how is the color laid down? And if, uh, if it's what you're used to seeing, just the, uh, you know, just the, the traditional way that, that the cyan magenta yellow dots are overlaid, I mean, that's fine. But uh, there's technologies now, like some of the things that HP is doing, where they're actually layering the way the dots are are laid down. So instead of having that thing where you look with it, with your magnifying glass and you can see all the dots like a comic book, it looks more like what you would have with uh, with an inkjet, where the colors can actually kind of bleed into into each other, and you get a wider color range. And so a 600 DPI printer that does that to me is, is more useful than a 1200 DPI printer that, uh, that gives me the, the color that looks like comic books. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, but then at what point do you stop being able to really tell just, and, and I'm generalizing here some, of course, um, at what point do you stop being able to tell the difference in the resolution? Yeah, that's a that, that's a great question. And uh, and I would say, knowing that there are certain exceptions to this, but I would say, twelve hundred DPI. When when you go above that, you just you're not going to be able to tell. But and, you're saying that, um, that we can tell between, or that you know, at least some eyes can tell between six hundred and twelve hundred. Sure. Okay. And, and, but above 1200, um, except for, for like very, uh, specific situations above 1200, you, you're just wasting your ink or your toner because, uh, because you're not going to be able to see the difference. And, uh, and for those of you that, that are saying, Oh, but wait, what about, and what about this? And, and yes, the, there are situations where more, or the higher resolution is what you want, but just as as a good guideline, you can stop at twelve hundred, and and you're going to have uh, a resolution that absolutely meets your needs, and it's going to look really really good. I mean, I I remember uh, when when professional print shops would print at three hundred DPI, and people were blown away and that was like professional printing right. that you're paying a lot of money for 300 dpi was just amazing right and uh, and and i would say for some things 300 dpi is still going to be fantastic so yeah my my advice is when when you're looking for the printer um um don't worry about going above 1200 DPI and, uh, and then look at how the, the color technology is being used. And, uh, and so my thing right now is if I, if I were to buy a brand new printer today and actually I am in the market, um, I would be looking at something like, like for my needs, 
the HP Color LaserJet Pro uh, M255. It's a 600 DPI printer, but it uses HP's ImageRet 3600 technology, which does that overlay thing with the colors. So you get these smoother colors and uh, and a much wider color range. And, uh, you know, it's, it can fit on a, on a desk or on an end table or whatever. And, uh, and crank out a ton of pages with color that looks good. And, and it's like a $400 printer. I and would do everything I need. Add, by the way, I did. I helped my mom get a, a laser printer a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting the Costco one. Uh, in that the, the the Costco usually only sells a couple of models, at least whenever I've looked, a couple of models of laser printers at a time. And generally speaking, they're they're part of the same series that uh, they're usually HP. And they're going to be the same HP uh, printers that are being made available elsewhere, but they've got a special model number that is specific to Costco. And they're mm-hmm. usually just a little bit better priced. So Yeah, so check that out. Yeah, check, yeah. definitely check that out. All right, so Brian, yeah. inkjet or laser, which should you get? Today? Wow. Um, uh, I... I, I Laser probably. I, it's, I, mean, I if you need a cheap printer, like if you need a printer, and because you've got to print out like one thing a year, or you know a couple of things a year, or your budget just isn't big, you you have to go inkjet. If your budget is, if you don't have the budget, if you need to to buy the least expensive printer you can have, you're going to have to go inkjet. But I feel like the laser printer is going to last longer. And do a better job for the dollar per dollar than an inkjet will today. Um, uh, okay, so it, a laser printer is definitely cheaper per per page than an inkjet printer um, by quite a bit in in most cases. Um, yeah, so if you need to get the cheapest printer you possibly can because you need to print something today, you're picking up a, a cheapo $40, $50 inkjet printer. Yeah. And uh, and I would just assume it's disposable. So you did say something that I thought was really interesting. If you need to print a page or two a year, just go with an inkjet printer. Most cartridges for inkjet printers are designed so that they need to be used. Mm. So... So if you go more than so, that, hold on. By the way, you were quoting me not to re, not to emphasize what I was saying, not to not to endorse what I was saying, but to correct what I was saying. Um, I just want to make I because at first I thought you were you were actually endorsing what I was saying, and then I'm realizing that uh, that, that you're correcting me, and that's great. But I wanted to make that understood. Okay. Yes. Yes. So yeah, here, here's the thing: if you let an inkjet printer sit for like five months and that i mean that's like a really good uh baseline right there five months you have to replace the cartridges because they probably dried out so if you're thinking buy an inkjet printer because i only need it once or twice a year there is a possibility that each time you go to use that printer you have to buy new cartridges for it if it's if it's only once or twice a year yeah so at that point uh you should probably be looking at asking your friends one more time or seeing about using the inc- 
incredibly bad facilities at this point uh, at uh, for for printing stuff out yourself at FedEx, which is which used to be Kinkos or UPS. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I I I am radically disappointed whenever I'm in either one of those stores in terms of like being able to use a computer to print something. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's they're not what they used to be. But if you only need to print something out once or twice a year, it's probably more worth the frustration to go do that than than to buy something. Yeah, for some, yeah, I I would just hit up a friend and say, "Can I uh, print a couple pages on your printer?" Yeah. Um, well, and then, so here's but the not other everybody thing. can do that. Yeah, not uh, it's true. So I'm glad that we do have options. Like you can go to a local print shop, you can go to FedEx or whatever, and uh, with and a little bit of lead so. time, you can either you can even have something printed and then shipped and mailed to you. And it's mm-hmm. also an incredible waste of resources, but probably probably better than buying uh, a disposable printer that you're going to end up throwing away before you use it again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another thing to keep in mind, Brian. Okay. What is the climate where you live? Mm-hmm. And this, is, this has been a problem for me over the years using inkjet printers in Colorado in an arid environment. Mm-hmm. So it'd be the same like in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Also, the altitude mm-hmm. is a problem sometimes. But uh, really, it's the dry dry climate that becomes a big issue. And uh, and inkjet printers, I have found just the cartridges don't last as long in a really dry climate. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, What that ultimately meant was that even though I don't need to print a lot, I print a a few pages a month typically. Um, When I say a few, we're talking less than 20 pages a month. Uh, but that's actually and, that's that's enough to have a printer. That's enough. Uh, it's enough to have a printer uh, uh, by, and, by 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 a lot. I would think. I mean, even if you're just printing out a few pages every month, having a printer is probably worth it. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're doing like ten pages a month, you probably need to have a printer. Now, if you're doing ten pages a month and it's an inkjet, um, you, you're not going to run into the the problem. Uh, most likely of it's five months in, you haven't really printed anything and your cartridges are dry. You'll be using some of the ink in your cartridges. Um, But for me, it doesn't make sense to have an inkjet printer. Uh, I'm in a very dry climate. I'm printing a few pages a month, Uh, a laser printer with the toner cartridges and, you know, cost per page, all that. I can have the same toner cartridges in my printer for, for years Mm-hmm. without having to swap them out and uh, the printer just works hmm. and I don't have to worry about, uh, about cartridges running dry because, uh, because the air is too dry here. Sure. So yeah, my, my old uh, printer, the reason I don't have it anymore isn't because it stopped working. I had an HP laser color laser jet 620 N. It was, a, it was like a little tank color laser printer. The only reason I don't have it is because it's so old now that like it came out um, before AirPrint. So that tells you how old it was. Mm-hmm. Um, like like six months before AirPrint, I buy this printer and then AirPrint happens. I'm like, well, damn. Um, but I got rid of it because the cost of ink or toner for that printer when when it ran out last fall was substantially more than the cost of the or the value of the printer. 
And uh, it was old enough. I thought, you know, it's, it's actually not worth it for me to put toner in this thing anymore. I might as well uh, sell it to someone that can get a little bit of value out of it. So I sold it for 50 bucks off. It went. And, uh, and ironically, because I couldn't get a, a laser printer at the time, um, like no one, no one had them in stock. I ended up with a $50 uh, Canon inkjet printer all in one thing so that I could print out the few pages I need every month. And, uh, and now it's cartridges are about shot. And so I guess I'm going to have to uh, pony up and go ahead and get a laser printer because that's what I really want to have. And once I buy it, you know, I'll spend like $400 and I won't have to spend any more money on that printer other than like electricity to run it for several years. I'll, I'll, I'll get the Comcast one for Comcast. I'll get the, the Costco one for you and 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 have it shipped to you if you want. Figure out if that's you the know, one you want. Let me know. Yeah, I I need to know what what model it is. You can you can look on the com. The, <laughs> how about if you look on the Costco page because I think they yeah. have more of their products than Comcast does. You, you can go to the Costco site and look without a membership. All right, you just won't see the you won't see the member price. You'll have to ask me for the member price. But the member price is going to be cheaper than whatever price they're showing you. All right. Well, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Happy happy to do that. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be any inconvenience for me at all. I mean, I'm going to take 20% as a courtesy. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what I'm hearing is... Um, it's going to cost you more uh, to do this through me because I'm your friend. And I, I'm here. I got your back. What, what I'm hearing is you want a discount on my OnlyFans page? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I need. That is, uh, that's, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know, if I was, uh, if I was quite clever, I'd do that. <laughs> if only if only that is this week's context machine if you have any questions uh let us let us know what you think let us know what you think about the show uh you can uh write to us using contextmachine.io you can hit us up on post or mastodon uh at context machine our bandwidth is provided by cashfly if you have any questions by the way about printers or if, if, if there's something uh, about printers or computers that we've set off in your head from the show because we maybe we didn't get to it let us know right the bass was recorded by mm -hmm. dr boom just for this show it's all for this week what do you say i Joe? think that's plenty for this week okay yeah. oh yeah follow, go check us out on our website contextmachine.io i said around. that oh so we got the stuff on there we got the oh i wasn't even listening <laughs> <laughs>